Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Shop Notes podcast. This is episode number 54. I'm your host, Phil Huber, and I'm joined by Logan and John, as always. On today's episode, we go off script because we wrote no script. So we'll get to our woodworking topics, updates, questions and answers, comments, and smart remarks. Let's get started. This episode of the Shop Notes podcast is brought to you by Woodsmith Magazine. Woodsmith Magazine has been the trusted source for all your woodworking information for over 40 years. From tips and techniques to furniture projects to shop projects, you'll find it all at Woodsmith Magazine. Subscribe today at woodsmith.com. You say that as if we've ever had a script. <laughs> we, yeah. Have you ever listened to this show, Phil? It's all about the illusion. Yeah. Yep. It is. Fake it till you right. make it, right? <laughs> yep. So, Logan, you were out with Jimmy Clues taking a class. I was. Talk about that yeah. a little bit. Uh, all right. So, yeah, last week I was uh, I took off um what Wednesday mm-hmm. and drove from Iowa down to Vegas. Uh that was it was a good two-day drive. Um the first day I did a whole like probably 15 or 16 hours and then the second day was a short little jaunt from Utah into Vegas. Um and it was great. Uh so it was kind of a twofold so, Threefold thing. Trifold? That'd be a trifold, right? There you go. Like a wallet. It's kind of like a, a trifold thing. Uh, I have taken a class with Jimmy in the past, uh, and everybody knows, uh, or everybody that has listened to us for a while knows that turning something that has been interesting me for a while now. So I took a class uh, about a year ago with Jimmy, and after I was done with the class, I was like, hey, you know, that was really awesome. Would love to come back down for like a private weekend because some of the stuff I want to do turning wise kind of goes above and beyond what his standard class goes towards. Um, however, he kind of tailors each class. But anyways, I, I just wanted some one-on-one uh, instruction on some stuff. And so that was one part of it. Another part of it was uh, he is going to be writing an article for popular woodworking magazine. So I offered to go down and, uh, while I was down there, do the photos. Um, I have a pretty decent camera and know enough to get me in trouble. So we spent a full day doing photos for two of his projects for popular woodworking, which I have sitting next to me. I'll show you guys in a minute. And, uh, I also carried, I brought down a huge truckload full of lumber for him. Um, because he has a lot of students that are coming in. Um, he's looking for a wood that is easy to turn for them. However, it has the ability to be finished a lot of different ways. Uh, and ash happens to be one of those. And ash is a wood that we have a large excess of. Um, because a lot of the ash trees are being taken down. So that was kind of the the gist of my, my trip. So yeah, uh, got down there Thursday and kind of hung out with uh, Jimmy and his wife, Mary, for a bit, uh, unloaded wood and got kind of got all checked in my hotel. And uh, Friday morning, we started doing photos for his article uh, that's coming up. Uh, and the first one that we did photos for were for this little guy. I don't know if you guys can, ooh, that washed out. I don't know if you guys are watching, if you guys can see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a pretty cool little quilted maple platter. Um, so this guy was turned on a, a little 
Oh, I always get these confused. Either a mini or a midi lathe, a little like 12 inch swing lathe. Um, so this is kind of a good size project for people that have a small lathe, kind of like my jet lathe that's sitting back there um, or a little, you know, general or, or whatever. Um, this is a great little project to do with that. Uh, so this was uh, a cool thing to kind of watch him turn. And I've done a couple of these guys. Uh, they're super simple. They're a great beginner project. And I mean, they look super Christmas cookies on that. Everyone is going to think you are swanky. So uh, <laughs> kind of cool thing. That is holy. That is like super bright on the camera. So if anybody's watching on YouTube, you guys can see it. Obviously, if you're not watching on YouTube, go look on YouTube so you can see it. Um, so that was kind of the first, the, the first of the two projects. And this is going to be a two project article, um, uh, but with turning stuff, it's pretty quick, pretty, pretty fast to do. Uh, so that'll be part one. And then part two is going to be more artistic, I guess is a good way to put it. Um, Jimmy's a very, uh, artsy farsy kind of guy, uh, likes to add color, likes to do a lot of gold leafing and stuff, uh, a lot of texturing and stuff in some of his turnings so uh him and i were kind of discussing beforehand you know what, what do we want to do for the second project you know the first the first was going to be this platter we knew that um because this is a you know jimmy's really known for this very nice fluid og on the bottom simple platter shape um that really looks nice i said well well you know we could do a bigger platter like let's Let's do that one on the little lathe and then on the big 24 inch lathe, let's do a huge platter, you know, like a big ash platter, you know, and we started thinking about it. And it's like, you know, that doesn't really make that great of second article because it's the same technique that was used in the first one, but instead you're going to be adding some other effects like coloring or it, it, then it becomes more of the second project is a finishing article you know sure so uh, when i was down there about a year ago i saw one of these hanging on his wall and i thought it was really cool uh so we decided the second project would be one of these guys which is just like a little decorative hanging wall shield right um this one is just done out of a big piece of ash uh the one jimmy has on his wall is like a I don't know if it's like a redwood burl or what it is, uh, but the burl and the way he he textures it and stuff makes it look like it makes it look like it was a shield that was buried in the ground that's been you know uncovered after hundreds of years. Uh, so this this is kind of a, a fun project, a little different type of project because it's more of a artisticy wall hanging type thing, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. it incorporates some oh some gilding here for the the different leaves in the center a um, couple different basic cuts even though this is a big a bigger project this is probably what 18 or 20 inches they're simple cuts so i think so i think it'll be cool for people that are like oh i have a lathe that looks like it's outside of my um comfort zone it's super simple um so gilding coving um some scorching and texturing on this ash. I don't know. That probably shows up pretty decent on camera, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, where the black scorched and brushed. So there's some good texture on it. And then doing the studs around the outside. So I think that is a pretty cool one. Uh, kind of interesting effect with the 
sapwood on the outside edges of this ash. So, so yeah, that was kind of our Friday. Um, so fun little projects, uh, knocking out photos, uh, doing those with him. Um, kind of got all the just before the podcast. I was getting all the pictures put together that we want to include in the article, and there's quite a few of them. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. Cool. So, and then of course I was also down there to turn a little bit myself. Um, so the first thing we knocked out was was another shield, and I felt a little bad. And the reason I felt bad is because I think after we we didn't really know how this would work, but after doing it, I wish I would have ordered two of them. Um, I think on one of the podcasts I showed a Buckeye Burl I had ordered oh, yeah. to bring down there mm-hmm. with me. So that I turned. So we did this on Saturday, I think, uh, and and stuff. Uh, make it make it appear like this was a shield that was buried in the ground for hundreds of years. So uh, did one of them guys <laughs> like a big hub cap? I mean, but kind of a cool little wall wall shield. Uh, then did we do that? Was that all? That was all Saturday because we actually one of uh, the the shield I think actually took us into Saturday morning. Uh, so we did my shield on Saturday morning as well, or Saturday, and then Sunday. Uh, one of the things I really wanted to work on was some hollow forms. I had I've done a couple hollow forms, a couple small ones. I wanted to get uh, better at them and, and really know the correct way to approach them. And when I go down or when I go to any class, whether it's a turning class or a carving class, it's not about, um, it's not really about coming home with a finished project. It's more about the techniques and learning the techniques that I can then apply. So this guy here is a sycamore one. I think technically, I think you called it a Grecian urn style. Um, when you sit it on its top like that, it looks like a dragon egg, which is kind of fun. Uh, but yeah, it's a little hollow form. There's what, maybe a two inch opening there. Um, and this whole thing's pretty hollow. Uh, it is, it was sopping wet. I mean, this was sopping wet sycamore and it's starting to crack, which I figured it probably would. I'm not terribly concerned about it again it wasn't about ending up with a finished project it was more about ending up with some techniques i can use to use on a different piece so did that did one more little bowl um but really it was just a good time to hang out uh learn some of the finer points of turning um and then monday we went and Screwed around the desert and gold prospected, which was super cool. That's not something we have the chance to do in Iowa. So, not with any hope of finding so, yeah. anything, anyways. <laughs> was that? Yeah, no. yeah. We can go screw around outside, but we're not going to find any gold. Um, but no, we found a couple little nuggets, so that was it was fun. Um, we made the long, long, long drive back yesterday, twenty hours mm-hmm. in the car. So, yeah, but no, it was it was. It was super cool uh, to learn more about. Um, so Jimmy does classes nine months out of the year um, in his home shop. Um, he has, I think, five lathes set up in there. 
Um, so to hear more about the the type of people that go down there, uh, the type of people he gives classes to, it's it's fascinating because he's giving classes to everyone from you know blue collar workers that work in Las Vegas, clear up to you know Hollywood producers that have produced like huge movies. So super cool guy, full of stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, very uh, <laughs> interesting guy, Jimmy Clues. Mm-hmm. So, so I think I'm gonna have to borrow the. I think I'm gonna have to borrow the project construction and finishing technique of making it look like it's been in the ground for a hundred years, <laughs> or just telling yeah. people that like I'm just going for the look of like this has been in the ground for a hundred years. There you go. I think it's gonna make things easier. <laughs> well, it's funny because, yeah, well, it's something that we were talking about. Jimmy and I were talking about as we were doing this, um, because so, so this this one here that I did for myself, um, you know, it has all these pockets in it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the, they're, they're like, they're bark pockets. Um, they all almost all, every one of them, like where my thumb's at right now, every one of them had bark in it until you started turning it at, you know, 1500 RPM or thousand mm-hmm. RPM. And then that bark goes flying out. But we were talking about that and it's like, well, it'd be nice to make sure it all stays together and the bark stays in that hole but then he's like who cares because yeah it's supposed to look like it was it's ratty and dug up and you know yeah Mm -hmm. interesting turning it because this buckeye was actually um it was a root ball root burl so as you're cutting it's like why is my gouge not cutting anymore and you're like forcing a cut and then you stop the lathe and look, it's like, oh, it's because that cut just unearthed a huge sand pocket and there's sand falling out of this piece of wood. So, so yeah, it's interesting challenges. And anytime you turn something that's a hit and miss like that, where there's holes that you're, you're not cutting, you know, as, as this thing's spinning around and you're not cutting like in these areas, it actually causes your gout to bounce. So you end up with these weird mm-hmm. lines and it's just a it's just a different turning experience rather than you know trying to turn a wet bowl or something. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, that's fun. That always amazes me, like seeing you turn something like that that has holes that like the tool doesn't doesn't slip into one of those holes and go flying and yeah. But it's spinning fast enough where yeah. you're kind of skipping over the the holes a little bit and so yeah. Which 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 is funny because yeah, you're right. You are skipping over those holes but the holes still affect the tool cut a little bit. Like you don't mm-hmm. feel it. You're like, yeah, I nailed that cut. That cut was nice and smooth. It's going to be the perfect finishing cut. And you stop the lathe and you're like, oh, there's like a two inch wide band where it didn't cut very well because it, that hole is forcing your tool, you know, just minutely, just mm-hmm. forcing it out of the hole a little bit. Um, or it, it's actually bouncing your tools what it's doing. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But, yeah, I actually, and I brought back, so I, I had, I had brought my truck down, obviously with a load full of ash for Jimmy. I also brought my chainsaw. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to be down in Vegas. There's different types of wood we don't have here. Let's see if I can bring some back. I only brought back what Jimmy gave me. He gave me a piece of olive, which is super cool. So I'm going to actually try to do one of those little hollow forms out of some of that olive. Um, but yeah, they don't got any trees down in Las Vegas. <laughs> it's like if they have trees, they're like they're mesquite or they are 
uh, elm. Their elm down there is very sandy, though. Mm. It's like super, super sandy. <laughs> and then they have olive. They have they have some ash, I think, um, or they have what was the other one he told me? Mulberry. They have a lot of mulberry <laughs> trees. So, which is and, and that's an interesting wood. I did a small bowl that's actually sitting upstairs out of the mulberry, and it's very it's like golden green color, which is kind of cool. And I know we we have mulberry that grows around here. Um, just I've never mm-hmm. had any of it, so. So um, in Las Vegas, it's very dry. And like you said, there's not a lot of trees. Does he have to like order in green or wet wood to turn or, and then how does that like with it being very dry, is that a problem with things drying too fast or you can counteract that? Yeah. Oh oh, yeah. No, it definitely can. So that was one thing I asked him was like, Hey, you know, I'm coming from Iowa. We're pretty humid. You know, right now it's winter. It's pretty dry up here. I said, what are we going to run any, run into any issues when we do this? And he said, well, he said, if it's partly seasoned, it should be fine. So there wasn't anything I brought him that was sopping wet, except for a handful of big urn blanks like this that were basically like, I don't know, 16 by 16 by 20 inch logs, basically. And I, I cut some three inch thick ash and brought that to him. And I actually paid to have that kiln dried. Mm-hmm. And the kiln drying on that brought it from like sopping wet the day before Thanksgiving or the week of Thanksgiving is when I, that's when I ran it through the sawmill and I put it in the kiln that week and I picked it up the day before the Monday night before I went or whatever. Uh, and it got it down to like 14%. So it, it got it down pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, I brought some eight quarter ash that I had cut and stacked here. So it had been air drying for let's call it nine months or so, maybe eight months. And those ones did open up just a little bit when we were down there, but it's mainly stuff with the heart in it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it will, it will dry down there. Um, it will, it, if I brought sopping wet blanks down there, they would crack. Absolutely. I don't think you could seal them enough to make them not crack. Uh, especially when it's, you know, basically June, July, and August are their hot months where it's 118 out. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you can do about that. So, yeah, right now he is ordering, turning blanks in that are, um, they come in wax sealed. They come in shrink wrapped as well. But the the vendor does not guarantee any form of moisture content. So they could be completely dry they could be sopping wet so if they're sopping wet when his students turn them they they don't necessarily crack um, because they turn them and finish them fast enough but they definitely distort so i have a when i was up there the first time i have a similar platter like that that i did have ash that actually turned i mean you could tell that's an oval because the whole thing just stretched out so Hmm. so yeah and uh kind of interesting so yeah <laughs> also interesting in the desert never realized around vegas they have like these wild donkeys that roam the desert who knew yeah, okay fast <laughs> yeah so. so on another turning note in the past uh, week um you attempted to turn a bowling ball. Do you want to talk about how that went? Or... 
no, John, I don't want to talk okay. about that. That was terrible. Okay. <laughs> no, no. So yeah, we last week. You're right. Last week before I left, uh, I was on deck to film all day because I was going to be gone. And I said, you know what? I have this bowling ball. I forgot about that. Dang it, John. Uh, <laughs> we had this bowling ball that we found in one of the offices. And I had saved it because I have seen people turn bowling balls. Okay. And this is one of those, like, if you see it on YouTube, it must right. be true. Yeah. Right. So we put it on the lathe in the video studio on our icon and to be let's call it what it is to be completely fair the outside went pretty well i mean yeah, yeah it looks like i was a coal miner yeah. when i was done right because yeah, it like, spewed these uh, odd shavings and an extremely fine black dust that got everywhere mm -hmm. yeah but it, yes. And I mean, yeah. like it was to the point where, you know, John, after about three minutes of me turning, he yells from the background off camera. It smells like cancer, which <laughs> I think it, it did. Um, yes. So, yeah, it was I think I think the issue was so outside turned fine. Right. This was an older bowling ball. I would guess this bowling ball was probably from the 70s, maybe the 80s. Uh, it was like a hard rubber outside, and that turned okay. Like Phil said, it it turned it, it. There was some shavings. There was also a lot of like powdery. Uh, if you think of like the consistency of um, powdered sugar, that's pretty much what it was. Like it just wafted yeah. everywhere, and it the outside turned okay. Then I started turning the inside. Well, I started trying to. You were gonna. Uh, I, I put it in the right. chuck and tried to turn the inside. I was yeah. I was gonna basically part the top. Uh, the inside of it was pretty much concrete. Um, mm -hmm. It had some like little wood chips in it, but whatever was in there was so ridiculously hard that it would not cut. Like I tried to put a saw on it and the saw teeth were sparking, like whatever it was, like it was just the, it was a failure all around. So I'm hoping, I'm mm -hmm. hoping that Becky saved the video because at some point I'm going to buy a decent bowling ball and we're going to make a bowling ball bowl and we're going to do a redemption video, even though nobody saw the first video. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yet. Yet. Yeah. That's my plan. Yeah. Yeah. Yet. So if anybody's, if anybody's listening to this or watching it and has experience turning a bowling ball, let us know the secret. If it's just that ball was too old and it, you know, the plastic had gotten hard on the outside and it was the wrong inside. If you need a newer like resin type ball, you know, what the, what the yeah. secret is. Because yeah. I had talked to Jimmy about it a little bit saying, yeah, dummy me was trying to turn a bowling ball the other day. He's like, oh, did you have a new one or do you have an old one? I said, it was an old one. He's like, oh, good luck with that. I'm like, yeah, thanks. Yeah, About a week thanks. too late. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. He, he also said that he has, he said he doesn't do any bowling. I mean, he doesn't. He Jimmy's been around the, like, the turning circuit enough that 
he'll turn stuff occasionally just for pleasure. Uh, but he's over that part of his career where, I mean, after 25 years of traveling all over the world doing demonstrations, if he's going to turn something, he's going to turn something because he wants to. Uh, mm -hmm. He said he will not do bowling balls. He will not do – somebody brought him a bunch of um, bowling pins once. Mm -hmm. you know? And he said those were the hardest thing ever. He said they were just layers and layers of hard maple. And he said they were like bone dry, worst thing ever. So, should try turning a Tootsie Pop sometime. Huh. Ooh. I think we can make that happen. Oh. Has it been Never done? I don't, happen, right? I, I, right. <laughs> I don't know. Would you put the handle in Jaws and then do it mm -hmm. that way? Uh -huh. One way to find out. I would do. Yeah. yeah. All right. But on a another turning side note, while I was gone, Dylan worked on some martini glasses that are coming up for an upcoming issue. They turn out freaking amazing. Like mm -hmm. I've seen, I've seen people do martini glasses before. Um, and actually, there's a, I think the name of it is Carl Jacobson's. YouTube channel he just did one like a week ago which I was like dang it now it's gonna look like we're ripping him off even though this has been in the works for months now um but he did a resin casted one kind of like we did um and they turned out fantastic like I, I gotta see them this morning for the first time I'm like holy cow those look awesome like they look exactly like I pictured they would you know the little burl caps worked great the resin turned out great uh, so now I'm excited to do some resin turning for, I'm um, going to try to do a popular woodworking article and do some casting and resin turning, which I think will be kind of cool. Make some actual like big dragon eggs out of resin and stuff. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yup. Gonna do it. So. So status update, Phil, have you done anything on your projects that we said we're going to get done? Yes. Uh, for those that weren't paying attention earlier, uh, last week we talked about uh, getting in the habit or building the routine of if you start a project, finish it in a timely manner. And I've had this project kind of loitering in my shop for several years now of rehabbing a old radio cabinet into a bookshelf. And uh, just today, actually, in between some other filming that we were doing, I got the doors, started sizing the doors so that they will fit the opening. Now I have to, um, I'm sizing them based on some edging that I still need to apply, plus gaps on the outside, all that kind of stuff. So, um, so I got the, and I had to make the doors because the doors originally were the front grill of the radio cabinet. So it was just quarter inch plywood, which to me felt like too flimsy of a door. So I laminated some sure. half inch uh, plywood, MDF core plywood onto it. So it beefs it up and then I'll put a edging around it. And uh, I have to say that now that I've done that step and I feel like I'm have a path forward that I'm more excited with how it's going to turn out and I can see the see the light at the end of the tunnel instead of thinking uh, this might just go south altogether 
Yeah. Well, I think there's like a certain point where you just have to, if, if it's something like that and you just get over that hump, it's like, that's, that's what I needed to get back in the groove on this thing. Right. So how about you? I know you were gone, but. Yeah, I didn't get anything done. Brought it home. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. Um, no, I, uh, I, yeah, I, I made the bold statement and I think I also made the mistake of telling my wife that I said I was going to get it done. Uh, so brought my parts home for our uh, nightstands. Um, so they are sitting upstairs at the kitchen counter, obviously where you put all your project parts at. Um, right. So I need to get those down here and uh, I'm going to need to clean off my workbench. My workbench has a bunch of stuff on it right now because I was finishing another project, which were those kitchen knives that I said I had started the handles on. Um, so I was finishing those. So got to get my bench cleared off and then start hand cutting some dovetails. So that'll be fun. Um, we got some mitered through dovetails. So that is the case construction gonna hand cut everything on them um i think that's the most straightforward path to to knock out a joint like that so i hand cut them um use a paring block to pare down those miters on the front and back um yeah then i got the problem that i'm gonna run into i think is that i started this project at least a year ago probably been a little longer than a year ago and yeah i haven't looked but i'm guessing the wireless charger that i was going to make it anymore one out that was like super strength that would go through and i had double checked and tested it and made sure that it would go through hardwood but like it would go through like an eighth inch of hardwood and still charge the phone on it so oh we have to maybe start that process all over again and ordering some of those and trying to figure out which ones are going to work and then ordering two of them this time so yeah or maybe i'll get lucky and maybe it will maybe they'll still have it i don't know yeah so yeah hopefully hopefully next week i will have a little bit of progress it'd be nice if i had those cases glued up next week then i just have a couple drawers to finish there you go. so mm -hmm. i gotta start small something easily achievable Yep. Step one, clear off the workbench. <laughs> hmm. John, you got anything to report? Yeah. Um, well, I started on another project. Did you? So, nice. Well, well, the let's see, again, the revolving tool station here oh, in the background. Yeah. Very nice. We talked about that. So, um, got that started, and that is going to be on video. It's just one of those project old shop notes projects that's always been popular that we wanted to shoot video of. So started into that. I got the base cabinet built and ready to start on the carousels for it. And I told Becky today that my goal is to get that project done before Logan gets his shop cart done. That he started <laughs> on a while ago. Oh. So, it is Shot on. Wow. Shots fired. <laughs> gauntlet thrown. So 
We'll see. Uh, Shop cart so question now. is, yep. do I sabotage you or do I just <laughs> suck it up and do it? Right. <laughs> I'm going to say sabotage. Yeah. You have you have some uh, time now because it's like we are starting to shoot. Since I'm doing that on video and you are doing yours on video, uh, we are shooting, taking a little break to shoot for the TV show. So yeah, kind of paused a little bit. Yeah. But... Which... To be fair, though, everything I have left to do on my cart, it's it's not quite fair because everything I have to do on my cart is off video. Right. So I just have to slap some drawers in it and paint it. So shouldn't be that hard, right? Right. So. Right. So, so game on. Maybe they'll yep. – yeah. Maybe we'll do it tomorrow. Maybe. <laughs> I, uh, on oh, the other side cool. of John's computer, I started, uh, I did a storage chest. Oh, look at this. Did a storage chest for the TV show. And I thought it would be cool to make a stand for it. So today I got the parts, finished sizing them, and then joined them together. And then you can see, for those who are watching on either YouTubes, it glued up it's upside down so that i have a nice straight reference surface with the workbench and then then back over so here there's the bed there's there's the storage chest up on its end because i was installing some hardware on it so mm -hmm. so did you end up using the router or did you end up using the dom uh, i ended up using the router because i have a jig that's sized to make mortises okay. for a domino so i used the router to make the mortises but okay. used dominoes to connect them because you wanted to be anti-mainstream right uh i'm kind <laughs> of built that way my mom is definitely a contrarian and i inherited a heaping heaping dollop of that so nice. that and i'm having a hard time pulling the trigger on a domino because it's a lot of money mm -hmm. sorry oh yeah well so and and the one the one you have right now is from Brian Nelson, right? Yeah. We're borrowing his for yeah. an article. One of the previous editors. And you know if you use it, you're going to be like, I need this. Yeah. I thought of that. That's Sell the car, that has, buy the domino. Right. That's right. crossed my mind. Just write it off. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say that uh, just – even prior to making those jigs for domino-sized loose tenons, I really do like doing loose tenon joinery because there is a uh, there's an efficiency to it of you know simplifying the operations. You're basically just making mortises and then you put them together with a separate piece. So I really like that as a technique, and I found it to be really handy. So well, that's how I that's how I put my kitchen table yeah. together. Yeah, so you know. All right, I think that wraps it up for another episode of the Shop Notes podcast. If you want to see what we've been talking about, you can check us out on our YouTube channel and also leave a comment there. You can also check out the show notes page at woodsmith.com slash podcast. 
just a reminder to uh, forward the podcast to somebody else who you think might be interested, another woodworker. And otherwise, we'll see you again next week for another episode of the Shop Notes Podcast. Bye, everybody. This episode of Shop Notes Podcast is brought to you by Woodsmith Plans. You'll find nearly a thousand plans covering everything that you'd want to build. From furniture projects to gift projects, kitchen accessories, workshop projects and jigs and more. Find your next project at woodsmithplans.com. 